What's up, everybody, and welcome to the All American Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carr, bringing you guys a brand new episode today. We got a preview of the week 13 of NFL action coming up next. So as I mentioned today, getting into week 13 of the NFL season. Wow, can't believe it is week 13 already. Anyways, in week 12, we saw some great games. Uh, We saw also a lot of injuries, which is obviously not a good thing. But for fantasy owners, I got a lot of tips on how to deal with that. We'll start with our waiver wire pickups today and then move on into our week 13 previews. And I got this idea, I mean, I won't say it's created by him uh, because, you know, sports betting today is so widely popularized, but uh, I've been listening a lot to Chris Sims' podcast. Uh, It's called Unbutton. If you guys, uh, this isn't a promotion for him or anything, but I think you guys should check it out. I definitely recommend it. He does it on a weekly basis, um, similar to mine. You know, he goes over the the games. Uh, But one thing he does, and one thing I'm going to start doing uh, even in my post, too, I'm going to integrate it a little bit, I think, more, uh, is the point spreads for this week. That has become very, very popular um, all around the NFL community, uh, really the sports community everywhere, but specifically in the NFL. And I think I'm also going to start doing, as I mentioned on the Instagram, I think I'm going to do a bets, best bets uh, section uh, where I kind of go over the best bets of the weekend college football included, maybe a little bit of college basketball, just a few uh, throwing out there. I'm no expert, but um, this week I am going to, as Chris Sims does, uh, put the point spreads with it and pick which team, obviously, as I do every week, who's going to win, break down why, but also which team will cover the spread. Um, So I have those uh, integrated in today's episode. But we'll start off as we always do with the waiver wire pickups and also uh, usually um, talk about the takeaways from last week. Instead of doing that, I just want this to be forward thinking, uh, a forward thinking type of episode. And that's what I'm probably going to do from now on. um, Unless you guys give me feedback, you want those in. But I'm going to actually have those um, as Instagram posts on a weekly basis instead of having them in the podcast. I just want this to be specifically focused on the next week ahead. Um, So let me know what you guys think of that, but uh, that's the decision I have right now. Anyways, moving on to the uh, weekly waiver wire pickups. Number one this week, uh, Chuba Hubbard. And this comes as a result of Christian McCaffrey's uh, another injury. Unfortunate for a lot of fantasy hunters who have him this year and likely drafted him uh, number one overall. But Chuba Hubbard... Uh, We've seen this guy play already. He wasn't amazing. You know, he didn't really pop off um, when Christian McCaffrey was absent. Um, But he is going to be the lead back and have, I think, a similar type role to McCaffrey um, and a similar type role to what he did early on in the season. You know, the talent, uh, in my opinion, isn't, you know, even close to McCaffrey's level. But the volume and the opportunity, I think, will be similar Uh, We've seen that, and based on just strictly volume and opportunity, I think that makes him a weekly RB2 slash flex. We'll see how that plays out, Um, because I do have Amir Abdullah as a bonus pick this week. I just think he'll probably eat into, especially the targets um, for the Panthers running backs, uh, because you know we've seen Abdullah on the field, even when McCaffrey is healthy, get a lot of those receptions. Hubbard's you know the primary kind of running back. 
Um, and we'll see. I think Amir Abdul will get a bulk of the receptions. But ultimately, Chuba Hubbard, you know, especially with we've seen a lot of running back injuries this past few weeks. But with McCaffrey being placed on injured reserve, that means he is done for the year. So you're going to have a uh, player like Chuba Hubbard for the rest of the year, as opposed to some of the guys who I have on this list where you're really going to have them streaming for a week or two uh, while their primary back is hurt. And speaking of that opportunity, our number two, that moves me into the number two weekly waiver wire pickup. That is Alexander Madison for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Dalvin Cook is hurt. It sounds like they're probably going to be uh, a little bit relaxed bringing him back, um, you know, barring really. And it is possible that they really have a game or two that decides if they makes the playoffs, uh, which they'll likely try to get Cook, you know, back as soon as he can. But um, it's similar, I think, to, you know, what we saw last season, a season before that, where they Dalvin Cook has had an injury like this late in the season. They're kind of a little bit more lenient, relaxed on it. And Madison is not a bad back by any means. He, he'll, you know, he'll probably start for a few teams on, around the league. He would um, be their primary running back. And this week, he has a great matchup versus the Detroit Lions, who have improved in their run defense, but still, I think, one of the worst in the NFL. Uh, I think that's a game that the Vikings are going to, you know, blow them out in. So I expect a lot from Madison. Um, you know, that offensive line isn't great, but both of these running backs have uh, fantastic talents. I really don't think that Madison is too behar- too far behind Cook's skill level. That makes him the number two waiver wire pickup of the week, um, especially this week uh, versus the Detroit Lions. Number three on the list is Jamal Williams for the Detroit Lions. He'll be facing... The Vikings this week, who have a better run defense than Detroit, but it is by no means great. Um, and with DeAndre Swift, Dan Campbell, their head coach, said it's tough uh, for him to see uh, Swift playing this week. So I expect Williams to be the starter for this week, if not um, maybe more weeks uh, in the future. But especially this week, I think Williams uh, should be the lead back there in Detroit. I expect, you know, we'll see Jermar Jefferson uh, Godwin Ikebike. Uh Eden was, you know, target share and carries a little bit, but Williams is skilled. We saw it in Green Bay, and we've seen it this year in a kind of very nice change of pace rule where he still gets a lot of volume. Uh, but now, as the clear running back one on a team that runs the ball a lot, even when they're down, um, I like Williams a lot, especially PPR. He gets a lot of receptions, and with the depleted talent on the outside, and, you know, besides TJ Hawkinson, this, this Lions team, we've talked about it, not a lot of receiving options. So I like Williams, the primary receiver on this team, uh, at least for this week. If Swift plays, he's downgraded to, you know, probably a low-end flex play. But um, I agree with Campbell. I think it's hard to see him playing, especially based on those comments. So Jamal Williams, number three. Uh, number four is Dontrell Hilliard from the Tennessee Titans. And actually, four and five I'll kind of talk about together because they're both Titans running backs. Uh, with Henry out, Jeremy McNichols um, out, maybe playing uh, next week, but we don't know yet. Uh, he's dealing with concussion right now. And then we saw Adrian Peterson waived uh, this past week. So looking like it's a two-man running back room, at least for now, between Hilliard and Foreman, who both actually had good days. Uh, in New England this past week. Uh, unfortunately, it ended in a loss for the Titans, but they had a, you know, a few bright spots. They had some low lights. Both of these running backs had a fumble in the game, 
but um, they were both over 100 yards rushing on the day. Neither saw as much targets as I thought they would, but Hilliard was on the field a little bit more than Foreman, um, so he's he's number four. Foreman, though, not far behind at number five. I like Hilliard a little bit more in the PPR uh, settings just because he's going to get more receptions, and Foreman, you know, he's going to put up yards as well. He was much more efficient on the ground, in my opinion, especially because Hilliard, he did have a lot of yards, but a bulk of that came off a 62-yard rushing touchdown, which I'm not taking away from. It was actually a great run, uh, but more bad part in the Patriots. They are a great team, but a subpar run defense. Um, but, you know, with that being said, these guys have a favorable schedule, um, especially playing Jacksonville. I believe they have a bye this week, and then they play Jacksonville after that. Um, so that should be a fun game for these running backs to just feast through that Jacksonville D. Um, but four and five, Hilliard and Foreman, I'd pick them up, um, you know, stash them, see how this plays out. But versus Jacksonville, I see them both as probably, you know, RB2 flex values. Um, and you can get that, you know, whenever you can out of the very, very small amount of running back production we've seen this year. And very, you know, inconsistent, I'd say, running back production we've seen this year. Um, I mentioned Amir Abdul a little bit. He's my bonus pick of the week. Um, I think if you're, you know, you can't get Chuba Hubbard and you're, you know, you have an extra roster spot, you're desperate for a running back. Amir Abdullah, not a bad stash. I probably wouldn't play him right away. Well, the Panthers have a bye this week, but I wouldn't play him the week after that. Just, you know, see how it pans out unless you really, you need a fill-in guy. Um, but Amir Abdullah, you know, could be, theoretically, the number one running back in this offense if he does outplay Chuba Hubbard. Um, so I think he's a nice stash, and he could help you win your league um, for sure. But, you know, a lot of these guys can as well that I mentioned. Um, honorable mentions, um, Van Jefferson, uh, he just went over 50% owned, but he is still unowned in a lot of leagues. I mentioned him last week on the waivers. Um, so I would go pick him up. You saw a great amount of targets, not a lot of, you know, production, but great amount of targets from Stafford. Looks like they're going to three wide a lot, especially without, uh, Robert Woods and Beckham still learning the playbook, getting the hang of it. I like Van Jefferson a lot as an honorable mention. And then another honorable mention from last week was LaVisca Chenault. Uh, we saw Jamal Agnew go down. And then this week we saw Dan Arnold go down, which maybe you're thinking they play two different positions, but more targets. Now, up in the air in Jacksonville. So I like LaVisca Chanel. I think they'll use him more as a gadget player um, in this offense. You know, kind of light a fire, bring that energy, bring that versatility. Kind of like Cordero Patterson, um, to be honest. if You know, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. We'll see. End of the season, how they utilize him. I like him as an honorable mention. He's flirting around 50% on. I believe it was like 47 last time I checked. Um, so I'd go pick him up um, and stash him. Anyways, moving on now to the week 13 previews. We're going to go game by game in depth. Um, as I mentioned this week, we got extra special here. We got the spread. Um, and I'm going to pick uh, who covers the spread, who wins the game, starting off Thursday night, tomorrow night, uh, Dallas and New Orleans. This one is in New Orleans. Uh, I have the Dallas Cowboys winning this one and covering the minus four and a half point spread. I think, you know, based on what I saw from New Orleans last week, they do not look strong at all. Um, you know, it, it's just this offense. This defense isn't necessarily that bad, even though they did not play well last week. 
Um, and against the Cowboys, I expect the Cowboys to, you know, probably put up at least, you know, 25, 30 points in this game. Uh, I don't think New Orleans can keep up with that no matter how uh, good their defense does. I just, I don't see them keeping up with it, their offense. And also not to mention a quarterback change happening. I don't mind Taysom Hill, but I really, I don't think he offers that much upside. You know, once you get past, you know, kind of containing him running the football, which I don't think should be too tough a task for Dan Quinn in this Cowboys defense. You have a guy like Micah Parsons who loves to just find, you know, sniff out the ball and hit the quarterback a lot. Um, he can break free and, you know, really just put a quarterback spy on Hill. Um, and, you know, you know, one part of his game figured out. And especially with the, the receivers on this team, Kamara's status is up in the air. I, too many too many questions on offense for the Saints. Their offensive line will play well, you know that, but you don't get any guarantees aside from that, even on the defense side of the football. I got Dallas, and four and a half kind of surprised me for this game. I, I'd go with Dallas. I thought the spread would be more like six or seven, maybe even more than seven. Um, so I, definitely covering a four and a half point spread um, are the Cowboys. It, you know, it's kind of like which team are you going to get we did see them with the Broncos not have the great, you know, game. They obviously got, I believe, nearly shut out in that one. Uh, might have actually been shut out. I don't remember the final, but either way, it wasn't pretty for this offense. But I expect them, you know, at a good Thanksgiving showing, at least on offense. Um, and I think this defense can easily stop the Saints um, on offense. Next, moving on, we get the Giants and Dolphins. Kind of an interesting game here. Uh, Miami is favored by two and a half points. They have now won four in a row. Uh, let's make that five in a row this week. They are at home versus a Giants offense that really just hasn't found their groove yet. And many people, you know, contrary to popular belief, I don't think the firing of Jason Garrett, you know, totally, totally helps Daniel Jones and, you know, the, you know, the skill players on offense that much, at least in the short term, maybe long term, you know, long term, actually, I believe it's the right decision, but Going through a coordinator change mid-season is tough. This Miami defense, not to mention, is tough. They played very well recently. Um, they have two great corners on the outside. They can rush the passer. And that's really what you need to do to stop the Giants. I think the Giants, if they can establish the run, that's where they could win this game, beat Miami, take Miami's offense off the field as well. Um but Saquon Barkley hasn't proven to be the top-tier running back that he was um, before this season. He hasn't proven that this season. Um, you can blame the injuries, whatever, but I, I just I can't bet on Barkley just having a complete breakout game this week and beating this Miami team single-handedly. I don't see that happening. Um, I think there's a possibility, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Daniel Jones has struggled a lot especially uh, with his offensive line, but he struggles under pressure. Um, and I expect the Dolphins to bring you know pressure. They have a guy like Brian Flores coming from Bill Belichick's system. He's going to play a lot of man-to-man this week. He's going to play a lot of just blitzes, throwing whatever he can at Daniel Jones. I think it's going to be successful. I like Miami, and I like them favored by two and a half points just because you know you don't really see a game go that close usually. Um, usually at the very, you know, very closest, you're looking at maybe a three-point deficit, um, two and a half. I think my, and if you're picking Miami to win the game, you might as well take the two and a half. Um, they're at home. I, I don't love their offense, but I think there's versus the Giants defense. They can have some success. 
They've been improved in the last few weeks, and Tua has definitely uh, learned a lot and looking like to you know maybe be this franchise quarterback in Miami. Uh, next, we got the Colts at the Houston Texans. I like the Colts in this one simply, you know, unlike the Giants, one player on the Colts offense who's a running back can sin- single-handedly beat the Texans. And that's going to be Jonathan Taylor. The Texans actually played pretty well last week versus the Jets, but that's versus the Jets. The Colts blew out the Jets um, in their showing, and that was the game where Taylor had, you know, nearly 200 yards. Um, but, you know, if as long as nothing goes completely wrong for the Colts, they should be fine. And I expect the Texans to maybe put up a fight, put up some points. But eight and a half, I think, um, is probably the right spread. I'd go Colts minus eight and a half um, and also winning the game. You know, the play of the Texans corners, I guess, has been a little better than expected. You know, after their injuries, they waived Vernon Hargraves earlier, which definitely... Uh, was an interesting move considering how much he'd been on the field for them previously. But I like the Colts. I think Jonathan Taylor in this offensive line is a little bit too much. And Carson Wentz has actually been doing a lot better than earlier in the season. Um, even with, you know, a very young, kind of inexperienced receiving core, T.Y. Hilton's, you know, showing flashes of his old self. But still, I think, um, you know, Michael Pittman is the lead receiver on this team. is not great, at least for right now. Um, so... I, either way, I like the Colts in this one. I think Jonathan Taylor um, continuing the basically MVP season he's having versus the Texans. Uh, so Colts minus 8.5 and, and the W. Next, we got Vikings at Lions. Uh, this is a generous spread, and I think it's mostly because of Dalvin Cook uh, and his injury. But with Madison, I don't think you're getting that much of a drop-off. And either way, the Vikings are probably going to air it out a good portion, at least earlier in this game. Uh, it's six and a half right now. I like the Vikings to cover that versus the Lions. Lions, you know, I feel bad for them. I think they put up a fight in nearly every game. But at some point, and you can kind of see it, they're starting to lose, you know, a little bit of that juice. I think at this point, you know, they really just not looking good. I mean, they haven't gotten a win yet. They're 0-9-1, I believe, maybe 0-10-1, um, but... Either way, it's not looking pretty for the Lions. Um, I, I think versus the Vikings team where you have, you know, Jefferson uh, and Thielen on offense and Kirk Cousins actually having a very solid year. It's just too much for this Lions defense. And the Lions also don't have DeAndre Swift. They do have Jamal Williams. But I just, you know, I don't see them putting up more than like 14 or maybe, maybe 20 points in offense. And I think the Vikings can easily put up more than that. This Lions defense has very little offer, especially versus a very, very talented uh, and well-rounded Vikings offense. So I like this. I think it's a generous spread, 6.5, Vikings spread, and the W. Uh, next, Eagles and Jets. Uh, this one's an interesting one. It's 7.5. It's a very close pick, but I'm going to go Eagles minus 7.5. It's not close off or whether they win or not. I think the Eagles got this one Um on law, I mean, actually, I was going to say locked up, but I don't know. I mean, the Jets have been sneaky good against some of these teams. I expect the Eagles to run all over them, but Jalen Hurts did not look pretty last week. I think worst game of the season um, for him. But Miles Sanders is healthy. Boston Scott's actually looking pretty good. Um, we don't know if they're going to have Jordan Howard in this game, but 
think they've really established the run well. I expect them to continue it versus the Jets. Um, the Jets have improved, but I, it's tough to just even bet on them winning a game or see them winning a game. I, like, I think they have some you know pieces on defense where it makes it a little bit tough for offenses just you know completely um, you know run through them. But you know their offense doesn't look pretty. Zach Wilson played a good game last week, but that's versus a Texans defense that is not good. Um, I, I think New York could put up a fight. I'm going to go Philly minus seven and a half in the win, though. Uh, I'm you know I'm really torn between two sides in this game, but I'm going to stick my gut here. I get the Eagles uh, playing a pretty good game on defense. I think I actually it's an interesting matchup because Corey Davis didn't practice today, so I expect Elijah Moore to be the wide receiver one. I want to see more against Slay. That should be a fun matchup. Um, on the outside, uh, Moore was implemented a lot more this week, um, on offense, but the Jets also don't have their top running back, Michael Carter. We could see last week it hurt them. Coleman, uh, Tevin Coleman was back and, you know, he showed flashes of some very nice speed, but I I think the Eagles can keep up with them. I'm going to go Eagles minus seven and a half because when a team wins against the Jets, Usually, it's somewhat of a blowout. I'm going to go Eagles minus 7.5, but um, I think the Jets could put up a fight. Arizona at Chicago is next. This is another 7.5-point spread. And with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back, no question I'm taking the Cardinals to win and cover the minus 7.5 spread. Uh, They are on the road versus Chicago, but Chicago is a mess right now. They do not look good, and I expected David Montgomery to have a great week last week versus the Lions um, defense on Thanksgiving, but he really didn't. Um, I don't know whether it's his injury still nagging at him or maybe this offensive line. or I don't know. It just did not look pretty in the run game. They really had to grind that game out versus the Lions, and if they had to grind to win out of that, barely got it, I don't expect them to come close to the Arizona Cardinals, especially when they're at full strength. Um I think the Cardinals have done a really good job, both sides of the football. I think generating pressure on Andy Dalton this week is going to be huge uh, for the Cardinals. I think they can easily do that. And Chicago, the receiving options are not great. Darna Mooney has improved, but they can't. They haven't shown to be you know totally establishing this running game. The Cardinals are too overpowering on offense uh, versus the Chicago defense. I like the Cardinals, no doubt, taking a minus seven and a half spread, and uh, the win on the road. Next, we have the Chargers and the Bengals. Uh, this one's a close one. I'm going to go the Chargers. Uh, actually, I'm looking at my notes. I think I might have messed this up. I'm taking the Chargers to uh, cover the three and a half point spread. Um, however, I like the Bengals to actually pull out the win in this one at home. Uh they have a lot of momentum. The Chargers do not. I picked them last week to lose versus the Broncos, and they actually did. Uh, game plan. Broncos' game plan was actually very good. Um, and in this one, I mean, Cincinnati ran all over the Pittsburgh defense. I don't think they should have a problem versus the Chargers. And yes, they've been a bit inconsistent, but the Chargers' run defense is not good. Joe Mixon, um, if they feed him the ball as they should and, you know, when you need to lean on Joe Burrow and the three-headed monster in this receiving core, I think they should have a good one. I expect this one to be very entertaining, a shootout uh, between two of you know the top 
uh, five picks. We saw our top six technically uh, two years ago at the quarterback position in Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. This one's going to be entertaining to watch. I like the Chargers covering the spread, but Cincinnati getting the win uh, just solely based on that running game uh, for Cincinnati. And especially if they can control that and really get it going, I maybe, you know, then they could really open up this football game. And I think the Chargers put up a fight, um, cover that three-and-a-half-point spread. Next, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Uh, this is a tough spread for me to take the Bucks just because, you know, their defense has not been that great. Very surprising, but they really just have not been that great. Uh, with Cordero Patterson back for the Falcons, you know, I know there's receiving options aren't great, but, you know, Matt Ryan is going to deliver at least a decent game versus the Bucks. Um, I like the Falcons to cover the spread. I like Tampa Bay to win the football game simply because they are a more uh, talented team, well coach. They've shown to be better than the Falcons this season, and the Falcons are coming off a very, very tough loss versus the New England Patriots, 25-0. So it's generous to give them the spread in this one, but um, ultimately the win goes to the better team, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no doubt about it. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars next at the Los Angeles Rams. A very similar situation, but I'm actually going to take the Rams to cover this 12.5-point spread. They are favored in this one at home versus the Jags. I think this is a bounce-back game for Matthew Stafford and the Rams. They need to get this thing rolling. They've had some new additions. They've had a big injury, yep. But they need to just put their head down and play a very you know solid football game. If they can game plan, just execute it, simple, simple stuff versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, they should be fine in this one. Matthew Stafford has to take care of the ball, though. I don't love a lot of these deep shots that they're doing um, down the field. I you know try to establish the run early. I think they can versus Jacksonville, and you know get the ball to your playmakers, Cooper Cup. OBJ a little bit. We'll see. Actually, OBJ's banged up. Forgot to mention that. Um, but he's likely to play this week. And, you know, use Van Jefferson as their deep threat to, you know, open up, spread the field. And I think they should have no problem, especially their defense versus the Jacksonville offense. They should not have a lot of problems um, on, on that side of the football. What they might have problems with is their offense. But I think Matthew Stafford, if this isn't the get-right game for them, I don't know what is because they need this win. They need a convincing win, too, um, and I, I think they do it. I think they do it at home. They cover the 12.5-point spread. I got them with the spread and the win. Next, the Washington football team at the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Raiders are favored minus 2.5. I'm definitely taking that spread, um, and also with that, taking the Raiders to win the ball game. Um, I, you know, I just like this team a lot, and I... I think Derek Carr has done a fantastic job, especially with the receiving core they have. I mean, if you look at it, they added Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, flashy name, but, you know, he's like 35 years old now. He's not, you know, he, he'll get you maybe, you know, one long deep shot a game, not more than that. Uh, but, we, you know, Hunter Renfro is the top target. You know, Brian Edwards, Zay Jones alternating on the outside. It's not pretty, but what is pretty is Derek Carr's play this year. Um, especially last week versus the Dallas Cowboys. Great game. Um, not a, I was going to say a great game to watch, but with all those flags, 
Uh, it was not great to watch, but that's another story. Um, either way, the Rangers got the win. They put up a lot of points. And versus Washington's defense, I think they'll probably do it again. Washington's defense has been better. We saw it on Monday night, but I, I like the Rangers in this one. And Washington's offense, I, even even with you know a few wins, and I've been saying this, they're hard to trust. You know, because outside of Terry McLaurin, you're not getting a lot of answers. Their running backs are also banged up. Um, J.D. McKissick, we'll see about him playing this week. Um, they saw Landon Collins also go down in that one. Uh, so I, I like the Raiders. I just think they have the momentum right now. They're at home as well. Forgot to mention that. Um, and I, I think, you know, also running the football too because uh, the Washington football team still without – Chase Young um, and Josh Jacobs has been playing great. They've used Kenyon Drake in there, change of pace back. Uh, and they, well, I don't think the Raiders should have a lot of problems in this one, but it should be, you know, a nice kind of grinded out game. Uh, that is the first game, or it's actually second game in the 4 o'clock window. Third game is Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if this one's in the 4 o'clock window now that I think about it. Might be. I, I'll have to check that later. Um, but, uh, I like Baltimore in this one. I really like them. Actually, I think three and a half is a generous spread. Um, I definitely taken them and I might've, oh no, I did mention Raiders covering the spread. Um, but Baltimore covering the spread in this one, I, you know, big Ben, we saw it last week, not pretty. Um, I think the Ravens have done a great job this year, generating pressure, um, from really all angles. They played very solid defensively, especially last week. Um, and I think they continue that this week. Lamar Jackson wasn't pretty on offense. You know, we'll, we'll get over that. I think Lamar Jackson will get over that. Probably the worst game of his career, to be honest. Um, but I think versus the Steelers, even a pretty, you know, intimidating, pretty good defense. I think Jackson can do it. I, I like that the running game has been improving. They have some now, you know, nice established targets on the outside. Um, mostly Hollywood Brown, but you know, we've seen Mark Andrews have some good games now. Uh, they're starting to get in rhythm. I think that you know that close game versus Cleveland slipped them up, but they still got the win. Uh, this is a grindy team. I, I just think Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a very tough time on offense versus a very quick, young, agile Ravens defense. That is the exact opposite of Pittsburgh's offense. You know, a lot of veterans on that team. They do have some rookie line manure, a bit sloppy. Um, but I, I like the Ravens in this one um, to win on the road. Important divisional game, though. You know, if Pittsburgh gets that one out, the standings really going to be shaken up um, in that one. Next, we got the 49ers and Seahawks. Uh, I got the 49ers taking the win and the two-and-a-half-point spread. I think it's a generous spread considering Seattle – since Russell Wilson's return has not been able to do anything on offense. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they rushed him back too quickly. Maybe he just doesn't have the chemistry, wants to get out of Seattle, doesn't you know have the clicking with Pete Carroll right now. I don't know what it is, but Seattle's offense is a mess. They barely gave any targets to DK Metcalf last week, um, and that's a big problem. I mean, he's your number one option on offense and I don't, I don't know what happened. I mean, they played a Washington football team that doesn't have like a shutdown corner or anything. He was matched up versus Kendall Fuller most of the time. And he was even open at, at times too. And Wilson did not give him the ball. 
Russell Wilson in that game just made some bad decisions. Um, and it's tough to see them winning in this one versus a very good 49ers defense. Uh, they can generate pressure too. I think it's a similar situation in the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game. Uh, and their offense has been doing great. Jimmy Garoppolo, he hasn't you know had to do anything crazy. But he's just been playing sound football. They've been playing sound football. We'll see about Debo Samuel, not likely to play. Um, but I still think with this offense, you get a lot of explosiveness. Brandon Ayuk has been returning to his you know, form. I, I like the 49ers in this one, and I like them to win um, and get the spread. Next, we got the Sunday Night Football game, Broncos and Chiefs. That should be a fun one at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, I like the Chiefs to win, but a 9.5, I'll take the Broncos plus 9.5 to uh, cover that spread. I think that's very generous for the Chiefs. Yes, uh, everybody says, you know, they're back to their old selves. Yeah, but they're not the same exact team. They've, they've, you know, they've won a few games now. Patrick Mahomes had a few good games, but he's still mostly throwing the ball short. And, you know, they're not as explosive as they used to be. Teams have kind of figured out how to deal with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey a little bit. And the Broncos, who have played great games, I think if there's one team that can shut Patrick Mahomes down, I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, there's a few, few maybe that I would say ahead of them. But the Broncos have a defense that is built to stop him at least. They might not execute. And, you know, of course, I'm picking the Chiefs to win the game. So I don't think they're going to be 100% perfect execution. And their offense is not great. But... Their defense is good. Patrick Holmes struggles when people just kind of leave, you know, leave him be. Don't generate a ton of pressure, but just kind of stay in coverage. That's what teams have done this season. That's what we saw the Raiders do a few years ago. That's why they were able to, you know, kind of beat him um, on on some of those divisional games. Broncos, I think, are going to do the same thing. They have, you know, a surplus amount of great cornerbacks uh, back there. And two good safeties as well, Kareem Jackson and Justin Justin Simmons. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, But the Broncos, I think, can win this game, uh, or at least at least limit Mahomes in this game. I I just I I don't know about this Broncos offense. Yeah, they have two good running backs, but Kansas City's run defense has improved. Um, I and we don't even know about Teddy Bridgewater this week and his health. We saw Drew Locke have to step in last week. Um, they did get the win over the Chargers. I like the Chiefs to win. I like the Broncos, though, to keep it close in this one and cover that 9.5-point spread. Next, we got a very intriguing Monday night game, and I know that might sound biased coming from a Patriots fan, but the Patriots have won six in a row. to play in the Bills. I like the Bills to cover the uh, – cover the sp- uh, wait, this is not right. No. Okay, so I, I think it'll be a close game. I like New England to win, and therefore they would get the spread too. Uh, but I, w- I would just honestly bet money line in this game for the Patriots. Uh, I think they get the win even even on the road. I wouldn't be surprised to see it go Buffalo's way, but it's really, and I said this about the Cowboys, um, our first game that we previewed and now the last game, I, which Bills team are you going to get? And this one I think is a little bit more severe than the Cowboys because we've seen both sides and we've seen both sides. They are dramatically different and we've seen it frequently. We saw not pretty. I mean, they took a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and 
I, I just don't know which side you're going to get. I think I'm, I'm assuming that they play at least halfway decent. But I don't think this is the team that, like last year and the year before, can blow out the Patriots. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. I at least see this game being close. But Patriots, I, I think we'll win it. I, I, you know, they have the personnel to do it. Similar to the Chiefs and the Broncos in the last game. They have a, you know, a little bit different, but they have a shutdown. They're built to stop the Bills' offense. They have a shutdown corner, J.C. Jackson. I think you maybe shadow him on Stephon Diggs, hope for the best, because I like the Bills, you know, other options, but I don't think any of them are really true number two receivers. They've been inconsistent. Allen has been inconsistent. I think the addition of Dawson, Dawson Knox definitely helps, but the Patriots, they've been good in coverage. Um, their offense has been improving. I, I don't think, especially Trey White going down, you don't really have a ton of star power on this Broncos defense, any, or Bills defense, rather, anymore. I think Mac Jones feasts. Um, I think it'll be close, but I got the Patriots uh, winning this one. It'll be, you know, though, and the thing is, the Bills also aren't going to offer a lot in the run game. That's where the Patriots have kind of struggled, but... Bill, you know, we've seen a little bit, you know, Matt Brigida, Singletary a little bit, but nothing much. Patriots have been able to stop them a few. Uh, or the Patriots, have, you know, had a subpar run defense. We've seen it, but they can make plays. I think J.C. Jackson is probably the best playmaking corner right now in the game, if not, you know, the best overall corner right now. Um, at least, yeah, I'd say he's up there, but best playmaking corner in my opinion. I think you throw him on Stephon Diggs. Generate some pressure on Allen, which I think will be key, but I think they can do it. You know, they've we've seen a lot. Matt Judon has been the star, generating some pressure, but I think they can do it. I got the Patriots winning this one, and I'll, I might go into deeper explanation over the weekend um, as to why I have them winning that game. But I like the Patriots. That'll wrap it up for the Week 13 NFL preview. Wow, that's weird to say. I still, I know I said earlier, I can't believe it's Week 13. But anyways, I'll see you guys next week. Peace.